the free for all roundtable round two on round two today, let's say good morning to News Talk 1010's Jason Agnew. Sabrina Nanji is here from Queens Park Observer. And Brampton Mayor Patrick Brown is here. Happy Friday to you all. Um, let's start with, I mean, it's uh, less than an hour away. It's probably about 45 minutes away. Uh, Justin Trudeau's testimony in Ottawa. Um, Jason Agnew, as political sideshows go, this is a pretty good one. Yeah, it definitely is, John. I think everyone's been waiting for this as we've been talking about this hearing for a long time, and it is the main event of the morning. And Sabrina and Angie, I realize you're, you know, Ballywick is Queen's Park, but are you going to be following that? Because I think what everyone is hoping for is for some lawyer to throw Justin Trudeau off and then for there to be, you know, one of those you can't handle the truth moments. <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously, after we uh, weren't able to hear from Premier Doug Ford, I guess for me, you know, as a, as a Queen's Park reporter, Justin Trudeau is the next best thing. But of course, you know, he's got some tough questions to answer that I don't quite think, uh, you know, his top officials, when we heard uh, other ministers testify this week, ha- have actually really done. Um, so I think to really nail him down um, and kind of get past the, the talking points that we've been hearing um, and, you know, uh, hear his actual justification for invoking the Emergencies Act is in light of all this, uh, you know, conflicting advice he was getting is going to be something that I really hope, uh, you know, his, his questioners will be able to nail down. Yeah, Patrick Brown, the argument presented yesterday by the finance minister was that these protests and blockades were a threat to the Canadian economy. And so that's why they had to invoke the Emergencies Act. I don't think it takes a legal degree to see that that's a somewhat questionable theory. Yeah, you know, I I certainly think we need to enforce the rule of law in in Canada. You you can't just have occupations of, of cities. But I think the toughest question for the prime minister to answer is going to be, why was it necessary in Ottawa when we had uh, an equally difficult situation with Ambassador Bridge being held hostage, essentially, for uh, trade um, in Windsor? And with the assistance of the police, they were able to dismantle that protest. And so why was the tool not necessary in Windsor, which could have been equally economically devastating to the country? Uh, let's get back to um, Sabrina and Angie on this next issue, but that's an extension of the first one. Uh, Sabrina, I get up this morning, start preparing for the show, and I come across a statement from one of the organizers of the original convoy protest saying he's going to reconvene the protesters to Ottawa come February. I hope that's an empty threat because, I mean, I don't even think the first one accomplished anything, and the second one is just going to be even more annoying. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I guess brace yourselves. I, I found myself rolling my eyes a little bit when I when I heard that too. Um, I mean, first of all, who wants to be hitting the streets in the middle of February? So I already feel sorry for these freedom convoy protesters if if this actually happens. I mean, I don't think we're going to see what we have seen um, in the past. Obviously, I think the sympathy for the freedom convoy uh, protesters is gone. You know, that the wider sympathy that we all had. I think that you know, hopefully, there have been some lessons that come out of this. In inquiry um, and, and when it comes to policing and handling of this. But uh, in terms of if, if it's actually going to happen the same way it did, I don't think it's going to get to that point. You know, we, we know now um, how to deal with this, how to stop it, uh, hopefully, you know, more more efficiently. So I'm, I'm not really holding my breath that this is going to be a, a very big deal. And I'm frankly quite over it. Yeah, Patrick Brown, there is, as Sabrina said, kind of a playbook now, and I think Toronto wrote it, about how to prevent a protest from turning into a blockade. 
Yeah, and, and what's the point now? Um, you know, last year there was the, the protesting of vaccine mandates and restrictions and lockdowns. You know, there's none of those right now. So it's really bewildering that, you know, uh, a protest like that would be needed again. Uh, Jason Agnew, your thoughts? I mean, a lot of people think this is probably an empty uh, threat because this particular guy isn't even allowed to be in Ottawa by terms of his bail. It's pretty ridiculous, John. I mean, last week I was on here saying uh, about the potential Koopy strike once again. You know, the sequel is never as good as the original. And uh, Patrick brings up a good point. What are they protesting now? All of that's done and in the past, so let's keep it in the rearview mirror. Meanwhile, let's see, where else can we jump to? Well, actually, Patrick Brown, I got to bring this up because it's happening in your own city. Uh, motion to ban fireworks uh, passed city council unanimously. What's that about? So we had a record number of complaints this year with about a thousand complaints for fireworks um, on Diwali. And, you know, it, it was just um, it was past the past the line of what the public was willing to accept. And so what we heard at the doors, the municipal election campaign was ban fireworks. And so our council unanimously did that. And uh, hopefully we're not going to have the same disruptions to people's sleep schedules. It's one thing to have fireworks at, at 8 p.m. at night, but when you're having them at 2 or 3 in the morning, it, it becomes a very disruptive uh, evening that, that people uh, worry about all, all, all year long. So one of our new councillors put the motion forward, um, and it was widely supported. Okay, and it's there is still there. I think there are four occasions in the year where people can do fireworks, but only within certain hours, right? So um, no, there'll be no, no fireworks no except fireworks for city organized. Okay, except for city organized functions like Canada Day, we'll, we'll organize our own city Diwali uh, celebration, Victoria Day, but there'll be no residential fireworks anymore. Okay, do you think you're going to be able to enforce that? That will be the challenge. Um, but you know, we had to do something different. The same old approach wasn't working, and there was simply it was out of, out of control. A thousand complaints to bylaw um, this this past Diwali. So we had to try something different, and it, it led to this ban. Okay, Jason Agnew, does that make Bram tonight's joyless scolds? No, John, I'm on board with this. I mean, listen, you're talking to someone who built their career on covering professional wrestling, and even I think fireworks are dumb. I don't understand the waste of money and what they do. They go up in the air, you look at it, and then they go away. I'm all for this. Get rid of them everywhere. I just don't understand fireworks. Well, Sabrina, I come from a city where twice a week during the summer months, they have a huge fireworks uh, event, and it's spectacular. Yeah, I mean, with all due respect to my co-panelists here, I mean, this seems like kind of overkill to me and maybe a little bit of low-hanging fruit, too. I mean, is this, you know, I think it's rare we see councils uh, united uh, as they are on this fireworks ban, but did it need to be an outright ban? Couldn't we have had, you know, they're okay during certain hours on certain occasions? Um, it's going to be incredibly tough to enforce. So, I, you know, I, I feel for, for the enforcers of this, but I, I do think it's, it's a little bit of overkill and and maybe you know there are other priorities that council should be looking at it in in my view um let's play a little bit of audio this is canada's uh men's soccer team coach in the aftermath of us losing a game that most people still think we kind of won because we performed well uh but we're on to croatia and he had some uh, salty terms i just showed them the stats i just showed them they belong here told them they belong here and we're going to go and F Croatia. That's as, as simple as it gets. Although Jason Agnew was pointed out that we are in the F group, so maybe that was the reference. 
Uh, there you go yeah that could have very well been it the man the man censored himself john how are these salty words i mean this is pretty pretty mild trash talk but the fact of the matter is now they got to go back it up i mean this all works out and everyone forgets about it if they go ahead and do actually defeat croatia if they don't it looks silly but hey i think it's all just a part of the game it's all competitive and even though john you don't quite understand soccer it's fun to have this going on I would say so. Patrick Brown, I just can't get all that upset about something like this. I mean, trash talking is just part of the game, I think. It's, it's part of the game, and coaches motivate their players. But I uh, want to give a little bit of a Brampton shout-out here. Uh, seven players from Brampton, most out of any city in Canada. And our, our captain, Atiba Hutchinson, uh, is very involved in the community in Brampton. So it's great to see them doing so well. And, and the coach said the point was they belong there. They do belong there. And it's great to see Canada doing so well and hopefully uh, the motivation works and they beat Croatia. Um, and I wanted to ask you, I know you're a hockey player, Patrick Brown, uh, if you had any thoughts on Borea Salming's passing. He died at the age of 71 and it came just two weeks after. Uh, there was not a dry eye in the house the night that he was honored and, you know, Daryl Sittler had to hold his arm up so he could salute the crowd. No, and one of those trailblazers that, that led the way for other Swedish players in the NHL, but, uh, you know, a, a little bit before my time of being a hockey fan, but, you know, I, I think his legend is uh, um, extraordinary in Toronto, and it's it's a big loss. But how appropriate that the Maple Leafs honoured him in such a fitting fashion only only a few weeks ago. Yeah, it was wonderful to see him here, and sure, there were a lot of tears, but I'm a big fan of being able to honour somebody while they're still with us. Um, luring pedophiles through fake online ads, setting up appointments with them and telling them that they're going to meet an underage girl, then arresting them when they arrive at the hotel room is perfectly okay with the Supreme Court. And Sabrina and Angie, it's perfectly okay to me. I'm actually, what I'm astonished by is this one police operation ended up bagging a hundred and four men who showed up for a date with an underage girl yeah the supreme court definitely got it right here um you know i i think that uh it, it's not by any means any entrapment which i know you know some uh some defense lawyers were, were arguing uh, in this case but uh obviously you know when you're asked you're told you know the circumstances this is how old i am will you meet me at this hotel and you decide to actually do that that's kind of that's you know more than crossing the line um i don't have any sympathy for any of these you know uh, over a hundred people and what was really surprising to me was that there were you you know, a lot of them are first time offenders. And so I really think, you know, this is good police work um, and, and keep it up. You know, let, let's let's keep going. Yeah. I mean, Jason Agnew, I, I'm recalling the case of a relative of a friend and the friend asked me to look into the case, which actually happened in Florida. And I say, you, you're not getting out of this. I mean, this was a guy who was online and texting with somebody who was a fully grown adult pretending to be 14 years old. And the, the person pretending to be 14 would say things like, I got to go. Mom's calling me for dinner or I can't talk now. I'm in class. And this guy was so dumb. He showed up at a rendezvous and got arrested and he's still behind bars but i got no sympathy yeah john i don't even know why this is a conversation or a point of discussion this is great policing work and let's just leave it at that okay uh patrick brown any thoughts or are we coming to yeah, defense just, of something undefensible no i'd say great police work and i remember police officials in peel telling me that the internet's the new frontier for for crime and so i think having tools available um, that are sophisticated to nab these pedophiles, good.
uh, I'm, I'm glad the Supreme Court uh, recognized that as a, as a police tool. This is Black Friday. Jason Agnew, are you uh, doing any shopping today? John, I got to tell you, I got a great setup going on. As far as doing all the cooking in the house, I take care of all that. But gift giving, my lovely lady friend takes care of all of that. So I get to sit back on Christmas morning and be equally as surprised by the gifts I've given as the gifts I've received. So no Black Friday for me. It's all taken care of. And Sabrina and Angie, are you, uh, Maureen Holloway was on with us a little while ago and said she's finished her Christmas shopping. And few things are more tedious than somebody who can declare they're finished shopping on the 25th of November. <laughs> yeah, that is very impressive. I am an online shopper. I'll be doing it on we- all weekend. I am currently looking for um, those blanket hoodies. I found a couple online. You know, the uh, it's like basically a blanket you can wear as, as a sweatshirt because I plan to be a couch potato uh, with the gang over Christmas. Okay, maybe you should get that coat that Drake was wearing at the Raptors game, actually. Okay, thanks. Oh, great idea. Thanks to everybody. Patrick Brown, Jason Agnew, Sabrina and Angie. Thanks to Joe Cristiano and Nick Mayorano. And thanks to you for for listening. Catch the round table round one at 745 round two at 845 weekday mornings on more in the morning. News Talk 1010 Toronto.